0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Alexandria Country Day School podcast. In this second podcast series, we're focusing on how a personalized approach influences the educational and social-emotional development of students. In our last episode, we looked at how personalization enhances the social-emotional growth of our students. Today, in our final episode of the series, we're going to discuss how a personalized approach strengthens our work with families in our efforts to support the academic and social-emotional growth of students. We have with us, once again, our head of middle school, Ryan Woods. Hello, Ryan. Hi, Scott. Third grade teacher, Sarah Culberson. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Scott. And Amy Newhouse, middle school social studies teacher. Hello, Amy. Hi. I think a good place to start is to consider why a personalized approach with parents is important. Why, why are we even talking about the relationship that we have with parents when we're, when we're really trying to get at what's good education for kids? Well, from from my perspective, I think mean, it's...
1: It's really straightforward. I think that um, if we want students to, to grow and learn, um, they will do that best when there is a united front between home and school. Um, another way of putting it is that when all the adults in their lives um, are saying the same message and delivering the same messages over and over again, it becomes really clear to them, okay, this is the way that I need to, to be acting, behaving, learning, whatever it may be. Um, so, I think that's what we're always trying to do. We're trying to cultivate a really strong relationship with parents to make sure that there's open communication and we know what our consistent message is to the students. And ultimately, if we are on the same page, that we know that students are going to grow um, at the maximum rate.
0: Yeah, and I think it, and that builds a sense of trust, right, with, with parents? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It is a, when you sit sit back
1: and think about it, it is a kind of scary thought for a parent to say, I'm just going to drop my child off for 160 days in you know, a row, essentially. 160 days, I'm going to drop them off, and they're going to spend eight hours away from me with adults that really I don't know that well. Okay. I, mean, I know them as a teacher, but it's not like I know them as people. That's a scary thought, even when I think about that as a parent, and I work in schools every day. So I think it is really important that we do whatever we can as teachers and administrators to... Um, build trust with parents so they can feel like their kids are in a really safe place where they're growing and Also, they're growing in ways that parents
0: want them to It's interesting. I would say that as I've seen those relationships develop When you find things uh, Proving difficult it's often because there's a disconnect between the parents and what's happening at school The messaging is different. We're not on the same page And So and that the only person who suffered the person who suffers the most in that is the student Students not getting the same message, not getting support one way or another. They're not sure who they should really be aligning with, and and that creates a lot of disruption. So this idea of investing in building that relationship is really important, not just for the the sense of teamwork that's that's vital, but for the learning of the student. Um, is that something you see in your
2: in your classrooms? Um, so yeah, I, Scott, I would say um, one of the things that that particularly stands out to me is this idea of building the relationship and. For me, in the middle school, that starts at the very beginning of the year. Um, We have our first parent-teacher conferences, and um, I know that that in some cases the parent would like to sit down across from me and just have me immediately tell them all these things that I've learned about their child, but the the truth is I need them to do the opposite. I need them to tell tell me. I need them to... um, let me know. You know what is the story that you want your child to tell at the end of the year about this class? What What do you want them to be focusing on? What do you What skills and knowledge are you really concerned that they walk away with at the end of the year? Um, and you know, so it's a really it's a really a parent-driven meeting and building that really strong relationship and partnership um, from the very start allows the parents to feel more comfortable reaching out to me throughout the year and letting. Making me aware of their interests and concerns as those come up. It also makes me feel like I can reach out to them and provide much more immediate and timely feedback related to what they care most about. Um, so, you know, again, it, it, the fact that I know the students at a much more personal level is going to allow me to make more pointed and specific recommendations for how they can support their child, but they are going to feel hopefully comfortable um, reaching out to me and saying, you know, are my concerns, or this is these are my particular interests. This is what I want to hear about. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's really important that they see it as uh, a really strong partnership.
0: Do you see a similar dynamic in the lower school?
2: Yeah, um, we do a similar
3: thing that Amy was saying about kind of getting to know not just the students and their hopes and dreams, but um, in the lower school we actually have parents fill out a hopes and dreams questionnaire um, at the very start of the year and. Um, that really allows us to see what are the goals of the parent and guardians of these children. Where, where do they see their students' strengths? Where, they, where do they see their students' weaknesses? But also, what are some things that us as their teachers need to know? Um, and those forms really allow for us to show the parents we want to know this information um, and also start those conversations early on so that we aren't waiting for that 100th day, you know, 160 days, like Ryan said, it's, it seems like a lot, but it's really not a lot in the grand scheme of things. Uh, things. And we really want to make sure that we are getting started on day one, um, building those relationships. So something that I think is extremely important is not just sending those emails or those communications when there's a problem, but also sending that mo- that message when there's something great that happened or just we had a day and this is what we did. Um, and making sure that we're making those connections with parents and showing them that we want to communicate with you. It's not um, it's not taking time out of our day to do this. This is part of our work. And we want to know your kid and we also want to know you as people. Yeah,
1: okay. an example how important this partnership is so on occasion in the middle school we'll, we'll find the students having a particularly challenging time academically and so what we will sometimes do and we can't do this with every child all the time but we'll put in a short in, short-term intervention called weekly updates or weekly reports so that process looks like this um, I'll sit down with the grade level team and I'll ask them to share some feedback about the student and what they think their particular challenges are More specifically, like, what are the behaviors that we're not seeing from this child that are preventing them from having success in the classroom? So they'll share that feedback. And then I'll also have a conversation with the parents and ask the same thing. kind of like, what are you seeing at home? Like, how are they studying? And what would you like to see being done differently so that we can help your child find more success? I'll take all that information and then produce just usually about three goals, sometimes four goals, for that student. And then I'll sit down and meet with the student and say, so I've talked to your parents and I've talked to the teachers and we've developed these three goals for you. And we really feel like if you um, are diligent about meeting these goals um, that you're going to find just more success academically. Um, So we're going to challenge you over the next six weeks. Your teachers are going to carefully track this. Your parents are going to carefully track these goals. Um, And at the end of every week, I'm going to ask the teachers to give me feedback about you. And so then I'll get this report. Uh, Your advisor is going to sit down with you and tell you how you did. Um, And then we're also going to send it to your parents so they can review it and they can add their feedback about what they're seeing at home. And we're going to do this for six weeks. And it's really remarkable to see how students grow and respond um, in those situations. And I really believe it's not because of the form. Mm -hmm. Um, In part, it's because we're setting concrete goals. But I really think the biggest thing is, like, this child really realizes that every adult in their life is after their success, number one. Like, we're all behind you and we're supporting you and coaching you. And number two, we're united front. We're all looking for the same things right now. It makes it really clear.
0: Yeah, that's that's really a great example because it shows the depth of of communication that goes on, the depth of, of trying to understand what a what a child needs, and we don't have all the information as the educators are only half the picture or part of the picture, and I think that's mm-hmm. the other piece of it. I don't think of the, what happens in the classroom is in some ways that you're sleuthing out what what makes a student tick, what they get, what they don't get, why they're struggling with something, or what they might really love doing that's going to motivate them, and and you're you're kind of uh, you're seeing, you know, light and shadow. Some things you know about, some things you don't know about. But if you can develop that really close relationship with a parent, you can gain insight into a student in a way that you can when you only see their school selves. You don't know what you know their home self is. And if you can bring those two ideas together, there's so much more opportunity to motivate kids to figure out why something. Why are we having this sticking point all the time? You find out, ah, that's something that happens at home too. Uh, and finding ways to, to, it really expands the notion of what educating a child is it's so much more than, I mean. it under, under, uh, supports this idea that educating a child is so much more than the curriculum content, which is why we devote so much time to social emotional learning, which we talked about last time, which is that piece, and the parent is such a key part of that. Do you ever find, I'm wondering, in these conversations, uh, I think sometimes with parents, particularly those who are new to a school like ours, that, that that's a bit of a learning curve for them? that's sharing yeah. that information we were had that experience where it's a little like why are you why are you asking me these questions
3: yeah that's definitely happened and I think at first parents are a bit taken aback and they're saying wait why do you want to know this or um why are you emailing me all the time <laughs> um and they need to re- realize and I think it, it takes a little while but once they kind of talk to us about it or they kind of get used to it they're like wow I really like this and yeah. Um, oftentimes those are the parents that I see over that year of the first year being at ACDS, you can see that they are becoming more and more part of the community. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that first month sometimes a little different, but once they have adjusted, you can see that they are enjoying that adjustment. Mm-hmm.
2: So I would agree. I, 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 think, you know, we're talking about communication as being a really vital and, and crucial piece of this relationship building, this partnership building process, and, uh, you know, I can say from my own perspective, um, I I do a lot of field trips, I have a lot of special guest speakers that come into my classroom, and and I really need for my parents to feel like they are working with me hand in hand in making sure that, you know, we're accomplishing all of our goals. Um, We are on the same team, we do have the same goals for these students, and so when they feel like they have a good relationship and a close relationship with me, and they know um, what my goals for the students are, they're so eager to help. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, have, I have waiting lists for some of my field trips <laughs> um, for parents that want to come and, and, and come with me on the field trips or they want to come in and share what, they, what they're doing um, or what they know about in their personal life with my class. Um, that's such a, you know, again, it's a perfect example of how having that, that relationship and that partnership developed from the very beginning can really support us in helping those students learn those skills and that knowledge. Um, It's such an important, again, an important part of what I do is working with the parents Mm -hmm. and making sure that they feel like they're part of the education process because they really are.
0: I've often said too, I think it really, uh, the kids pick up on it as well because um, I've mentioned this in the light of middle school very often where there's a natural separation that starts to happen something where kids are wanting to be independent mm-hmm. they don't want their parents involved yep. and in a lot of places you see a very strong reaction from kids stay away keep out but I find in schools like ours that that is it's there but it's softened in part because they see their parents here they see them having relationships with their teachers it becomes more of a community effort so while they still want to have their space and they still want to be independent there's a, a greater comfort and that just settles the, the anxiety down the parent knows they can walk into the building and meet with the teacher or administrator and it doesn't mean that there's a crisis it just means that's normal and the kids know that the kids know that there's this partnership I as you said the kids know that they're getting the same the same kind of but uh, every all the adults in their life are, mm-hmm. as you said Ryan are, are on the same page and working in concert and support and support of them Um... You know, I'm wondering how, what kinds of things, you know, we talked about the, the hopes and dreams. I think there's also something about anticipating issues. When you know a parent, you know what their concerns are. Sometimes you can get out in front of, of issues as well, and that's, a I think, something that we, we try to do by proactive communication. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes being able to identify a, a, a growing concern that you can get in front of. It. Thoughts or examples of, of situations like that?
3: well i'm just thinking about our communication as well and thinking about um our consistency throughout the year that we're doing it's not just the beginning of the year mm-hmm. um and one way i think that we really add a little a, a lot more personalization is our actually our report card style mm-hmm. um is we have narrative reports not just checklists right. and i think it allows the parents to get a solid picture of their child in the school um, setting from us. But at the same time, we write a lot, but all of the stuff that we are putting in there has already been talked about with those Mm -hmm. parents. Mm -hmm. Um, We like to say that nothing should be a surprise on a report card. And that's because our communication is so consistent Mm -hmm. um, and we are being so proactive. So oftentimes in the report card, it's saying some. This is something we've been working on, and here we here we are. This is where we are at with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because when we see anything, we immediately think, okay, how can we talk to the parents to have them on board um, to get this started to start talking about it.
1: Yeah, I think um, one of the services, services we provide for parents <laughs> has, um, you know, Amy works with. She's worked with. Thousands, literally thousands yeah. of sixth graders. Mm-hmm. So she knows sixth graders inside and out. And Sarah, same thing with third graders. And you know, I've been working with middle schoolers, at all grades um, for a number of years. Um, so I have a sense of kind of like, like what's normal, and what to expect and anticipate from from them as they change and grow. And a lot of that happens in middle school. So a lot of the conversations I have with parents are just helping them take perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a lot of parents that will come to me say, in seventh grade, gosh, I'm really seeing my son or daughter pull away from me right now. There's lots of social (laughs) jockeying going on, and I'm just shaking my head, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's not right. That's what should be happening. Um, So, you know, through those conversations, going back to your original question, Scott, um, you know, I can often see kind of like what's most concerning to a parent. Um, I can think of parents that I've worked with in the past where... Um, You know, they're really concerned about academic performance, and they feel like maybe their child is slipping as their grades maybe go down a little bit in seventh grade. And from my perspective, I know that seventh grade is one of the most challenging years um, here at ACDS in terms of our curriculum, and we really ramp up the critical thinking and abstract thinking and independence for kids. So I I fully expect for every child that they're going to be challenged in new ways that they haven't been challenged before. so, you know, I can take that information and when their particular child maybe earns a grade that I think they would perceive as low, you know, I can say that the teacher it's probably a good idea to reach out to that parent today and just say, hey, this grade's coming home. I want you to know that your, your son or daughter worked really hard on this. And actually, I think they know the content, but this was a really challenging assessment. So, you know, just keep that in mind as this grade comes home to you. And I think that's really important for the kids' benefit. for parents mm-hmm. home. Like, that kid who worked really hard doesn't need to come home to a parent that's like, how could you get a B? Mm-hmm. You know, they need to come home to a parent be, that's saying, like, man, I'm really proud. I heard this was a hard test. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of the effort you put into it. So, um, you know, that level of partnership is, and being proactive, is really important. And, again, it all comes back to benefiting the kid. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's what it's all about.
0: Well, in the end, too, it, those are those might be situations where you might normally not think this is anything that needs to be yeah. communicated. It's just to it be, right? We but see, you don't know that, that parent well enough to yeah. know that that's going to be something you need to have a little, you know, <laughs> <laughs> prepping for yeah. Um, and I, I think what it comes down to is a lot of people worry, particularly as they send their kids off to school for the first time, that this is their child's going to fall through the cracks. And I think the one thing we can say with confidence is that ch- children don't fall through the cracks mm-hmm. here. In fact, they, they get a level of, of observation and teamwork around them that, that is, is uh, really, really strong. And I think that's, um, that's why this idea of, of having a personalized approach with parents and, and caregivers is really critical because they... That, that is the worst thing that can happen, as a student who's falling through the cracks, has some challenge that, that, that's not being addressed, or has opportunities that are not being capitalized upon. And, and So that's why it's really vital that we do this. Um, we're, we're about out of time, so I want to thank Ryan Woods, Sarah Culberson, and Amy Newhouse for joining us and helping us to understand how a personalized approach strengthens our work with families. This is our final episode, and we hope you've enjoyed this series on personalization. As we head into the summer, we'll be giving more thought to future episodes and welcome your ideas and feedback. If you haven't already done so, check out our previous podcast episodes on iTunes, and we'd love it if you'd rate our podcast and leave us a comment. We really value your thoughts and suggestions for how we can make this podcast as effective as possible. Thank you for listening, and have a great summer.